It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. It is Wednesday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you, and we have got we've got by chamber participation at this point in time in the program, Ed. Joining yes, us do. joining us on the phone uh, from the fourth congressional district, State Senator Mike Padden, and joining us in studio from the sixteenth legislative district, Representative Bill Jenkin. Good afternoon to both of you gentlemen. We appreciate your time today, and we know there are some pressing issues uh, that you both want to discuss, particularly uh, surrounding uh, the governor's decision to release upwards of 1,000 inmates uh, from correctional facilities around the state. The one thing, and as we mentioned a little bit earlier, and we'll start with you, Senator Padden, um, we talked a little earlier on the program, the governor loves to throw out headlines, but he doesn't really dive into the meat of the story. Um, so the headline was, I'm going to release, you know, X amount of, of prisoners, but he didn't exactly say where they're going to go or if we know for sure that any of these inmates that are going to be released haven't been exposed to the coronavirus and how exactly releasing them is going to be safer than keeping them incarcerated. Well, that's absolutely true. This is a result of a court case. It's Colvin versus Ensley that was brought by Columbia Legal Services representing some of the inmates. And uh, so what the court has done, they've told uh, the governor and the Department of Corrections to come up with a plan to uh, safely take care of the inmates uh, with regard to the virus. They did not tell him he has to uh, release inmates, but that's what uh, Columbia Legal Services want. And they want to go way farther than, than the governor. I mean, they're philosophically, I don't think, believe hardly in prisons at all. So they would release uh, a whole bunch of folks. Uh, The governor's plan that they announced on Monday talked primarily about releasing what he calls nonviolent individuals. Now, these are felons. So these are people that have been sent off to the state prison system, not in our county jail. So they're very serious offenses. And even though property uh, crimes are very serious, there's victims there. And in order to get into prison, you got to have a whole bunch of property crime convictions uh, to get enough points on the sentencing grid. So it is serious, and also in nonviolent is included a whole bunch of sex crimes. So we're not sure who they're actually going to release. They they haven't really told us. Uh, the governor on Monday said that uh, they didn't have time for notification to victims. Uh, this was outrageous. He walked that back just a little while ago in his uh, press conference today, but uh, he's not really doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Um, there's a part of our state constitution, Article 1, Section 35, that gives victims a right to have input on any court proceeding in which there might be a release or might be a sentence. And uh, so he didn't have the power to not notify uh, the victims. And there has been pushback. There are briefs being filed in this Colvin case uh, called amicus briefs, friend of the court, uh, by the prosecuting attorneys of the state, the sheriff and police chiefs, the counties, all the counties of the state, and 
a victims group pushing back and demanding that we have notification at the very least. Uh, I don't think this was necessary to release anybody. I think DOC could have handled this with uh, secure, portable buildings, RVs. We have one facility that's uh, not being used called Maple Lane. It's not being used to house uh, inmates, but it is being used for a pharmacy center for all 12 of the institutions. So there, there were other alternatives that, that they could have presented to the court uh, without releasing these people that got to go into society, like you say, uh, and uh, they've got uh, two things that, that are likely to happen. Uh, a lot of them are likely to reoffend. One-third of all inmates uh, are convicted of a new felony within three years. And in addition, I think they are the ones least likely to follow the governor's order of stay home and stay healthy. Some of them will be released into homeless shelters. and So, you know, I think they're going to spread the virus more outside than they would inside. Now, Senator Patton, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Supreme Court order basically told the, the governor to come up with a plan. It didn't tell him to release a 1,000 inmates. It said, come up with a plan on how you would propose to do this, not do an outright release. And in his press conference yesterday, he kind of dismissed and said, well, we, we can't follow the Supreme Court's direction on this. Wait a second. Why not? Yeah, and we don't know exactly what that direction is going to be. I mean, they just had come up with a plan. They didn't tell them what to put into the plan. There's another hearing on April 23rd, and uh, we may know more there. And then these uh, briefs will all be made public tomorrow that the four groups are are uh, submitting as friends of the court. So, yeah, no, this was not something that he had to do. Uh, and uh, as Representative Jenkins knows, with the type of bills that uh, we have seen in the last session, there is a huge effort of, of the very liberal members of the legislature uh, to reduce uh, the number of people incarcerated by any means they can. And some of them would like to shut down the prisons completely. Now, Representative Jagan, let's bring you into the conversation. Uh, was there any discussion, anything at all, even on the other side of the aisle in the House, that anybody was tipped off about um, the governor's idea before he went behind a microphone? No, it, nothing within the House, nothing here in Washington. But as we know nationally, this has been something that's been, there's been a movement uh, afoot to do something like this. So it's, it doesn't come as a surprise, although although um, it's, it's a big problem. I, I, what I look at is things like the criminals. Why are we giving the criminals priority? And, and you bring it, 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 uh, something totally different. Today I hear that Governor Newsom down, down in California is, is thinking about giving uh, the, the illegal aliens $500 apiece to make up for the stimulus loss. So we see this trend going, and this is part of that trend. But to stay focused on this, I, I, if this comes to fruition, and, and it's something that the governor really wants to do, the governor doesn't seem to have gotten a whole lot of pushback on any of this stuff so far. He's gotten his way, and, and uh, like Sen Senator Honeyford says, is, is uh, that he would like to see what they do in Canada, where there's at least a 14-day quarantine 
um, at the prisons before they're released. Something There has to be a plan in place. And right now, I don't see a plan. We haven't discussed any plans, but yet it's something that will inevitably, in, in, unless we get all, that's why we're here today, unless we get a lot of pushback from from you, from 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 the listeners, um, the governor is going to do what he wants to do. I we have a feeling that the governor is not even listening to his inner circle. The governor is making a whole lot of a whole lot of these decisions on his own, and it's causing lots of problems. We're joined on the program by Representative Bill Jenkins of the 16th Legislative District, Senator Mike Padden from the 4th Legislative District. Here on the bottom line, and gentlemen, I'll pose this question to uh, both of you: Has there been any inclination as to what institutions the governor is leaning towards? Uh, as far as releasing inmates, I can't imagine that he would release anybody from Monroe, considering that seems to be uh, the institution that has had the most cases of COVID-19, not just amongst inmates, but also staff. We know that there have been infections around a number of penitentiaries in the state. So is there even any inclination as to where he would begin targeting individuals to be released? He hasn't said, and our staff and others have asked, uh, and uh, the prosecutors have asked, but uh, uh, right now they've they've been quiet. They've given general categories, but not uh, specifics as to individuals or specifics as to uh, what of the, which one of the twelve institutions. And and there's a side effect of all this of not knowing. Now, my office got a call uh, last night from a lady. And she put, left a message at midnight. She's been shot in the head uh, by this criminal who is incarcerated now. And she wondered if he was going to get released. Well, we checked. He's not going to get released. But in effect, you're re-victimizing these victims by leaving this out there that there's going to be up to a thousand uh, criminals that are going to be released from the prison. So, you know, uh, that that's uh, that's not good either. And, and then one other thing that Senator Padden alluded to was that um, when these prisoners are released, there chances are, and and maybe common sense will tell you that they're not going to stay sheltered. Um, they're going to be out and about, especially after being incarcerated. And what's that going to do to the rest of the society as far as as far as being exposed, um, especially in the homeless shelter environment? So. There's there there are so many things that need to be carefully planned out before something like this was to happen. You know, it's very interesting that we hear uh, a loosening on restrictions of those that are incarcerated. But, gentlemen, we've yet to hear any loosening on restrictions for residential construction, auto dealers, uh, any kind of recreation activities that tend to be solitary, like fishing, like hunting, uh, anything like that. We seem to be getting, in my opinion, lost and going down a going down the wrong rabbit hole when arguably governors that are perceived to be even more to the left than Governor Inslee have allowed these types of things to occur. Is there going to be any movement on relaxing any of the restrictions on residential construction, auto dealerships, and those that Oregon and California are actually allowing to operate where Washington is not? Yeah, he joins, joins this compact uh, with the governors of those two states, but he, he won't follow their their lead on, on the construction. And it's uh, so hypocritical because he's allowed construction for low-income housing. Uh, and, and it's a backbone of uh, our economy. We really need to—and and there's cases of, uh, uh, of individuals who 
had uh, 80%, 85% of their house completed, and, and they're not able to finish it. So they leave it open to the elements and uh, vandalism and everything else. So uh, it, it's really unconscionable. And I think on the fishing, we're the only state in the nation restricting uh uh, uh, recreational fishing, and that's a very solitary uh, activity. And like, like, uh, like you say, Senator, that it doesn't make the fishing to me doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Some of these, why, why um, public construction can go on but not private? Why you, why can't you have somebody laying carpet in an empty house? Why can't you have a landscaper doing landscape working solitary? Uh, doing what they need to do. We need to get back. We need to get this economy going. I'm, I'm, my main concern is, is, as it plays out, is, is that how much damage is this going to do to our economy, and what, it, it, is it turning political? And it certainly, to me, looks political, and that's what we've been trying to avoid. We're joined by Senator Mike Padden from the 4th Legislative District, Representative Bill Jenkins from the 16th Legislative District here on the bottom line. Thank you both for your time today. Last question for both of you gentlemen, and I think this is a question that's on the minds of many of our listeners and many people around the state. Do you believe the governor will take a staggered approach in reopening the state, or do you believe that this one-size-fits-all approach is going to continue, possibly even past May 4th? Well, he said in his press conference today that he was going to uh, take a staggered approach, but he gives no idea as to when. In fact, he uh, seemed to indicate it was a greater likelihood that the order would continue beyond uh, May 4th. So, I mean, I think it's a time, uh, as Representative Jenkins says, to open up some of these uh, uh, industries where they can maintain social distancing, they can have proper sanitation, and they, and, and they can, uh, 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 you know, help people uh, come out of this uh, financial funk that they're in because they haven't been able to work. You know, there's nothing that says you can't seat somebody 10 feet apart in a restaurant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there have been other restrictions, other parts of the country on religious freedom, (laughs) you know, taking taking down the license plates. If you're uh, in a uh, in a parking lot and and a car with the windows up and finding them, unfortunately, the courts have overthrown that. But some of some of the stuff has really gotten out of hand. Senator Mike Patton from the 4th Legislative District, Representative Bill Jenkins from the 16th. We appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for joining us, for bringing the information to us, and uh, we'll all weather this together. Hopefully there's some positive on the other side of this sooner rather than later. Thank you, Robin, Ed. Yeah, thank you both. Take a quick time out here on the Bottom Line News Radio, 610-KONA. Come back and, well, dissect a little bit more. And uh, coming up... We're going to also talk with Ben Haynes, who's involved in, uh, well, let's just say those those fishermen, those outdoorsmen, um, they've had all they can stand and they can't stand no more. And apparently they're going to let their voices known on their thoughts about the restrictions on those activities coming up here in just a few minutes on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Let's just say the epicenter might be Richland. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Phone number is 547-1610. Packed show today. Thank you very much for joining us. 
Really do appreciate during all of this. I mean, look, uh, it's been a tough road for everybody. Um, and I and I refuse to say the new normal. This is not no. the new normal. No. I refuse to accept that this is the, quote, new normal. And if you want to accept this as the new normal, that's fine. Go right ahead. I'm not going to hold it against you. But I refuse to believe this is how we're going to live the rest of our lives, or some resemblance of this is how we are going to live the rest of our lives. We're not. Case in point, post-9-11. Yep. Everyone said that this uh, clampdown on security, not just at airports, but everywhere, this heightened sense of security, you know, always fearful, looking over our shoulder, wondering when the next terrorist organization was going to strike, that was going to be our new normal. Didn't last very long. Why? You know know why? Because we're the United States of America. We're a free people. And we like doing things our own way. And so long as we're not interfering with others who want to do things their own way, then we're good. Then we're good. This is not the new normal. This is, I, I guarantee you, history will look back on this as a hiccup in our history. And here's the thing. With 9-11... There are still some things that we put into place that we still do. That's fine. We've, we've, we've loosened a lot of things, but there are some things like it's still more, it's still tighter to go through security at an airport than it was before 9-11. But we've, we've laxed, uh, we've spelled up the process a little bit. Um, this is a virus. This is an illness. This is not. Two airplanes being flown into the World Trade Center, one into the Pentagon, and another one going down on its way to the White House. This is not a terrorist attack that we know of. There are some people, and, and, and word is beginning to filter, that the story, the real story on this may be coming out. The real story may be coming out on this. and Is it different than what we were told? I do smell you, a conspiracy do, do, theory. Do you think Tim it might Foyle be slightly different? Do you think it might be slightly different than what we've been told? You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. We've got about 60 seconds. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, let me get my mask off. <laughs> What's on your mind? Because he uh, just wanted to get just his mask to get, off. Get the mask off. Okay. Um, so, and we'll get we'll dive into this a little bit later on. But the story now, and the president was asked about this at his press conference today, that this may have started, this may have left a lab in China, and the first carrier may have been an intern that worked at the lab. Who then gave it to her boyfriend who went to a wet market in China. By the way, those wet markets are back open in China. And you've heard a call for over a week now from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle in this country for China to shut them down immediately. And you know what? Here's what it goes to show you. China doesn't give a damn about the rest of the world. They don't give a damn about their own people. They don't care one way or the other. So anybody that's empathetic to China in any of this or portraying them as heroes, 
You need to rethink your thought process. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. The phone number is 547-1610. If you want to get involved, we're going to put it on hold for just a minute. We're going to welcome into the program Ben Haynes. And uh, Ben, I think it's fair to say that you are one of the uh, slightly annoyed fishermen out there who are being deprived of a recreational activity that they enjoy. Yes, sir. And you'll have to just forgive me because I am a fisherman, so I don't really have the gift of gab, but you are definitely correct. (laughs) Now, when the order came down, or when the governor included uh, outdoor recreational activities as part of his stay-home order, uh, it was in contrast to pretty much every other state in the country who, for some reason, doesn't think you could pack twelve people in a fishing boat. Um, we're, we're all kind of we're all kind of wondering about this one. So, you and and a number of other individuals have decided that you're you're going to let. Uh, the governor and others that may agree with this decision know that there are a number of fishermen, boaters, avid outdoorsmen that are not happy with this this decision. What do you guys have planned? Yeah, so we're just we're just a group of individuals who believe that fishing is basically our God given right. And you're correct. Washington State's the one of fifty states that has outlawed fishing. Uh, while other states have actually encouraged it. I mean, they're buying the public licenses because they recognize fishing as a social distancing activity. But basically what we have planned is a socially distant protest, and we are going to basically defy WDFW and Governor Inslee's decision to label us as criminals. I mean, that doesn't mean that we're going to go fishing, but we're going to hold up signs and we're going to practice our First Amendment right. So let me ask you this, Ben, because we've seen a number of protests that have happened around the nation. Uh, Michigan, the most recent one, and they weren't exactly practicing social distancing. So how do you plan to ensure that you're going to do that? Are you going to be six feet apart on boats or are you going to be six feet apart on, on land? How do you plan to do that? Well, I have set up a couple social distancing, quote, officers who are just going to remind folks, you know, hey, keep your distance. But we've laid out uh, trucks and trailers to be parked uh, with a space in between them. We'll be launching at boat ramps throughout Tri-Cities rather than just one. Um, There's no reason to be close on the river. We've suggested at least 50 yards between each boat. And obviously the folks protesting on shore, it's a big park, and just maintain your distance, six-plus feet. I don't think there will be any problems. It's a big river. Now, we're talking with Ben Haynes. He is an organizer of a protest set to take place this Saturday, uh, protesting the governor and the Department of Fish and Wildlife's order that you well, you, you can't fish. You can't enjoy outdoor activities because we're all going to die if you do. Uh, ben, where is this going to take place, and what time do you see things kicking off this Saturday? It's going to be at Columbia Point Park in Richland, Washington, and it's going to start roughly about 9, and we'll protest for a few hours, and then a few of us who are a little bit more bold will continue beyond that. 
Does bold mean you may drop a lure in the water? No. Okay. So you're not going to go that far, but you're going to go far enough to say, we're angry, we don't like the order, we want you to know, we have a right to do this, this is a ridiculous decision, please change your mind sooner than later. Yes, and if WDFW and Governor Inslee do not change their mind, these protests will continue, they will get bigger, they will get more widespread, and they will get louder. Now, Ben, we know that uh, one of the other things the governor has thrown into his proclamations is gatherings of any group of more than 10 uh, are a big no-no. So, obviously, your group, and I'm sure that you have more than 10 people that are planning on being involved in this, um, what is your group, what kind of plan do you have in place if uh, somebody contacts the Richland Police Department or the Benton County Sheriff's Department and they come out on the river in the boats and say, guys, you got to go home? Sure. Well, first of all, I'd just like to point out it's not, I would like to think it's not a group. It's a collection of individuals standing up for the First Amendment rights. Okay, that's fair. Second of all, I'd like to just say if they close us down, if they say we can't launch, we'll attempt to protest anyway. If they say we can't do that, then we've made quite a ruckus on the news stations, on the news radio, and... uh, there's a lot of people who are upset. Just look at the comments on Facebook. They're for us. They're not against us. And everything I'm sure you're planning is going to be peaceful, nonviolent, noncombative. <laughs> yeah, when I say a ruckus, I mean, it's just, you know, we want to make a statement. And absolutely, this is about 100% respect towards the park towards the local businesses, the local law enforcement, and WDFW. Ben Haynes, we wish you the best of luck this Saturday. We'll be keeping an eye on it, obviously. Be safe, be well, and, uh, you know, congratulations. Stand up for your rights. That's one of the God-given rights that we have as Americans, is to make our free speech known. And um, best of luck to you, sir. We look forward to seeing the results of Saturday. All righty. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Ben Haynes, uh, part of a collective of outdoorsmen, fishermen, um, that plan on showing their displeasure about the order coming from the governor and the Department of Fish and Wildlife about recreational fishing. Yeah, let's take a phone call. Why not? Before we go to a break. We've Absolutely. Got a few minutes. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is Mike. I'm in a truck southbound just north of Pasco. If they've cut off the fishermen from fishing and doing any motor re- uh, boat recreation, why do they have a state boat inspector parked at the way station north of Pasco to inspect boats if they're not even allowed out? So they can take your money. Yeah. So you take your money. That's, yeah, they want that, to make sure that okay, it's... Oh, believe me, they might be telling you not to go on the river, but that doesn't mean they're still not going to try and get a check. Well, no, it still has to be registered. Got to yeah. pay your taxes on it and do all that fun stuff. But no, you don't get to use it. Absolutely. We got a couple of emails we want to share before okay, we go to break as well. That. Before we uh, back to our conversation with um, Senator Patton and Representative Jenkins, we got an email from Marty and Kennewick. What the hell was that? I'm in construction. This is driving me nuts and killing my employees. Why is this guy doing what he's doing? That guy being Inslee. Yes, Marty, if we had an answer for that, the last seven years would have made a heck of a lot more sense. <laughs> 
Roy and Richland say, hey, guys, this has nothing to do with what Inslee was just talking about. I just want to share a story about me and Washington State unemployment. On March 20th, I was put on standby for my job. I entered my unemployment on March 22nd, was approved the next day. I had no worries and went about my business during this whole shutdown situation. Time goes by claiming my unemployment. April 12th comes along. I sign into the website to file, only to receive an alert that I must reapply. Okay, thinking no big deal and I should be approved, but I have questions. So, like a good citizen, I'll call them Monday morning. Nope. I had no success getting through and decided to shoot out an email. While writing out an email, I noticed a disclaimer that reads that emails could take up to four business days. Really? So they're telling the public that a single conversation could take four business days at a time. Anyway, I tried Tuesday with no success and just let it be. I tried again today and got through and passed the automated system telling me that someone will talk to me soon. I was excited. I didn't care how long I must wait. Besides, I'm not going anywhere today. I did have the option to have a call back, but decided no to that idea only because many moons ago I tried that service and no one called me back. So I was on hold from 8.32 this morning to 12.32 this afternoon. Guess what happened? I was kicked off. Anyway, just wanted to share that with you to let anyone who was trying to get a hold of ESD that they're not alone. Thanks for sharing, Roy, and sorry for the heartache. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas. Dan, uh, Dan here. What's going on, Danny? Uh, just, I got two questions. I just joined in a few minutes ago and heard something that brought my attention, but I thought I understood that, um, they've banned fishing temporarily, but I didn't know they banned launching and being on the river. And the second one is, did I just hear a fella say that, that the state of California is giving $500 per person of that stimulus money to undocumented? Yep. Well, no, they're oh. giving they're giving $500 from the state to 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 them. They're 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 giving out of the California coffers. Man, all they're going to do is get Brown and Inslee to follow suit, and they're all going to be doing that. I'm I realize everybody's certain, everybody's going through issues, everybody's doing this, but I'm just a, over the line. Thanks for the call, Dan. Appreciate it. Um, here's the one thing I'll say about that, and 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 follow me here. I'm one of those people that believes that if you do pay taxes you should get a piece of the stimulus. That means if you pay taxes with an ITIN, you should get something because you're paying taxes. If you're not paying taxes, you don't get a dime. Yeah, where do you think that money came from? Taxes. Yeah. So if you are paying taxes, it's fair that you get a stimulus check because you're going to dump into the economy too. But if you don't pay anything at all, if you are... If you're a 25-year-old American citizen that can't get off your butt and be a productive member of society, you don't deserve a check. It's the same. It doesn't matter who you are, in my opinion. If you're an unproductive member of society and you're not doing anything and you're not paying taxes, you don't deserve anything. But if you are paying taxes, you should get something for this from the stimulus. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Uh, yes, good afternoon. This is Carlos in Oregon. What's up, Carlos? Hey, is uh, going everybody who bought a fishing license in Washington, is he going to return one-twelfth of the fee for that license? No, of course not. That's not fair. Well, this is Inslee. <laughs> this is Jay Inslee, ahead. Carlos. I mean, come on. If it, <laughs> I mean, this 
we've got a seven-year track record of doing everything opposite, practically, of what's in the public good. And I will take about two months out of this coronavirus pandemic and say, you know what? He actually behaved appropriately. But then he had to start making tough decisions, and he went back to being the donkey of shame Hall of Famer in no time. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. This is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and you. And we go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Bird Dog Larry, Ben City. What's going on, Larry? What's up, Larry? Hey, you know, I, I think every outdoor person should fire the rig up and head to Columbia Point and clog up Columbia Point Drive all the way back to G-Way. Left turn, right turn. Can't get in, can't get out. Tell you what, I'd be, I'd be interested to see how many people are going to be out there, Larry. I think there's going to be a few. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610K. When A, your name, where are you calling from? You're up. All right, give us a call back, 547-1610, if you'd like to get involved in the program. Um, so tomorrow, we'll hear from the president. Uh, we will carry that live as the president, we expect, will be releasing the details uh, that he will be discussing with governors earlier in the day on that conference call about his ideas for um, – beginning to get back to normal in this country, especially economically. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 k What's your name? Where are you calling from? All right, give us a buzz back. But, you know, we've heard about this staggered approach. We've heard about this staggered approach for a while. And the president alluded to it maybe a month ago. Low risk, medium risk, high risk. And it seems that that's kind of been on the back of a few people's minds and and floated out the idea of, yeah, we can do this. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Dan from Moses Lake. What's on your mind? Uh, what the president and I do is say, Inslee, you've got a deadline. We want things to start coming back. If Inslee wants to play his stupid games, you take every federal dime away from him. You know, it's an interesting strategy, and there may be maybe a little bit of wiggle room there, but we know exactly what will happen if he does. Bob Ferguson will file 998-999 in 1,000 lawsuits against Trump. He just got into another one today with a bunch of states uh, against the Trump administration. So we know that it will be another, it will be another legal battle, legal challenge, that will come from the Attorney General's office if the president were to attempt to withhold uh, any kind of federal funding from the state of Washington over their response to the coronavirus. Um, so, But again, I, I, I'm not taking sides here, but I want everyone to, to understand and, and realize that in the Constitution, states have rights. Yes, the whether Amendment. You, whether you agree or disagree with how... Governor Inslee is handling things in the state of Washington. Do you really want a president? I don't care if it's Trump or a Democratic president. Do you want the federal government 
telling a state what to do. I think it sets a dangerous precedent. And if the roles were reversed, I think you would have a lot of upset people flooding our phones that a Democratic president was pushing things in a Republican state, again, if the roles were reversed, and and being upset at that overreach. So I get it. You know, I want everything to come back as soon as possible, too. I'm really sick of everything. I want the economy to come back. The The economy was really humming along before this happened, and that's where the conspiracy theories come into play, because this is an election year. Be that as it may, the economy, I believe, maybe not quickly, but will rebound. I, I think the, the, you know, like President Trump said, he did it before he can do it again. And, you know, not that it's just on him, even though he likes to think that sometimes. The The point is, do you want a president to dictate what goes on in states? Now, pulling federal funding is one thing. That is something that he could do. He could do. But you're right. He probably would have a lawsuit on his hands, uh, you know, for targeting certain states and not others. But... I really want to know, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that conference call with all 50 governors, because you know you're going to hear, um, you're going to hear from the governor of Michigan, you are going to hear from the governor of Washington, he's already been targeted by, uh, by Trump for, you know, the way he's acted on conference calls. I don't know that you're going to hear from Kate Brown, she's kind of, you know, quiet in her ways. Um, It's helped her. It has helped her. She's flown under the radar because Inslee is out there pounding his chest. And Gavin Newsom, I don't, you know, Gavin Newsom is not getting the spotlight on him, even though he's the governor of, you know, a, a pretty big state. You know, a lot of focus is on New York State because they have a lot of cases. Oh, and yeah. and Governor Cuomo is holding these daily news conferences. And a lot, you know, look, we all know the East Coast is so much more important than the West Coast uh, to a lot of people. So Gavin Newsom has kind of flown under the radar as well. It's Inslee that's been out there pounding his chest because he did so poorly in the presidential uh, run for the Democratic Party. But I would love to be able to hear what those governors of those democratic, uh, democratically controlled governor's mansions, especially the ones that are having some issues with people not wanting to do what the governor asked. Michigan, they are having protests there. We had on our program, Ben Haynes, the fishing protest that's going to be happening on Saturday. People are ready to move on with their lives. Is it safe to do so? That's debatable. But people want to get at least, give the people something. You don't have to be back to normal, whatever normal is. You don't have to be there tomorrow. Give the people a little shred of something, a glimmer of hope, and you won't have all these angry people, or at least not quite as many. Appreciate you tuning in to the bottom line, all your news and weather on deck on the Afternoon Report. Stay with us.